This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. And as I said off the top, you know, we've talked about this a lot over the last number of months. We're going to talk even more about it as we head into 2018, uh, approaching what the government says will be the the day that it'll all become legal, July 1st. Of course, we'll have to see how that goes as well. But there is this conversation about what do companies do once it is legal? Does that change the way their policies are right now, especially as it pertains to workplace safety? Ed Sikodiak is president, ECS Safety Services, joins us today. Hello, Ed. Hi, Angela. How are you doing today? Doing well. I love the fact that really your background, you're a former RCMP officer, aren't you? That is correct. I can honestly say that I've bought lots of dope and I've been thrown in jail a few times. (laughs) All legitimately. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Now here, Ed, though, from that background, and as I mentioned with my last guest Jason I think the big problem here is we don't have a surefire test to determine impairment when it comes to especially marijuana yeah I totally agree and uh, what I like to clarify for employers is the intent of testing is not to test for impairment we test to a standard because there are standards for not only marijuana but for alcohol cocaine etc. The employer can suspect impairment. They can uh, see signs and symptoms and that'll give them a reason perhaps to do a reasonable cause test or maybe they're doing a post-incident test. Uh, Again, they suspect impairment. They do the test. If the test is positive, what it means is that they did the right call and that individual is positive for whether it's drug or alcohol, meaning that they have drug or alcohol in their body above a standard. And if you're above the standard, you're at risk and you cannot work in a safety-sensitive position. We have a standard then, Ed, when it comes to marijuana? Yes, we have a standard in workplace. Like, for example, with alcohol, zero two. We have a standard for cannabis, uh, cocaine, amphetamines, opiates. So those are existing. And and so the uh, change in the law uh, actually has no effect on testing practices. It's a matter of educating uh, whether it's uh, executives, management, or employees that they have to make some choices. Uh, An employee can decide to do whatever they want, but an employer has to provide a safe workplace. That means if you're working in a safety-sensitive position, you can't use medical marijuana And if you're going to use legalized marijuana, you're probably not going to be able to work there. How does this work, though? And I I have a hard time wrapping my head around this because I know I'll get people saying, well, Ange, I could have had a joint three weeks ago and it's still showing up in my system. As uh, Jason was mentioned, the fact that it's fat soluble or however the the description is. So does just because it's in my system, does that mean we actually have a level to say, oh, okay, you're above that standard that we require for you to be in a, a, a safety at risk right. place? Safety sensitive, okay, yeah. And clarify a little bit. It, uh, when we do uh, drug testing, typically we're using a urine sample. Mm-hmm. When a person smokes that joint, it'll be in their body. And when we say body, we mean the brain for about 30 days. But for actual testing, if they only smoke that one joint, they would probably fail a test anywhere from one to three days. If uh, if they're using two times or three times a week or more, then their THC levels in the brain 
keeps always go up. They don't mm. go down. It always fail. There is evidence to suggest that impairment after a single use will be somewhere around, say, three, four hours, and it can extend to up to 24 hours based on frequency use, the strength of the drugs. And there's, believe it or not, there's some evidence to suggest with driving that it can uh, uh, build portions of your ability to drive for, say, up to three weeks. So lots of research. Uh, you know, not everything is conclusive, but certainly enough to create uh, concerns. And again, don't forget that employer has to provide that workplace. If they don't, then they're responsible for, you know, the accidents, the injuries, that type of thing. They have to provide the safe workplace is what you mean. Absolutely. Right? Well, so back back to the testing, Ed, though. So you're saying you have tests that show this is the level of THC. So do right. we know then how much THC would deem someone impaired? No, we don't have yeah. that. And okay. that, that'll be even a challenge for law enforcement. Um, th- these are all challenges. But if you stick with the standard, then you're uh, better served because in in court we can very easily show that the person was above a standard. The standard for THC is? Uh, on screening, it's uh, 50 nanograms, and uh, on a confirmation test, it's 15. Okay, uh, say those two numbers. Say, the, say those two numbers again, Ed. Did you say 1-5 in both cases? No. Uh, when then we do a screening test, uh, or even in a lab, they're looking at uh, 50 nanograms, and then if, if, if uh, that sample has that level, then they do a confirmation test using gas chromatography, mass spectrometry, and it's a more specific test for THC, and, and then the level goes down to 15 nanograms. Okay, so from 5-0 to 1-5. If I can point out one thing, Angela, yeah. in the 70s and 80s, uh, when I was buying dope and we would get an analyzed in the lab, the THC content of marijuana on the streets in, in Calgary was typically around a half percent. Okay. And that was sufficient to create that impairment that high. Today, the average stuff on the street is about 20%, give or take a little bit, but oils being as high as 70% and the wax is hitting 80 to 90%. Of THC, so for the THC levels, is that what we're talking about? Okay. Absolutely. So we're dealing with a significantly different drug. And even with uh, medical marijuana, we have the same issues because... Unfortunately, it also contains THC, and the uh, patient could be using one to six times a day. And uh, don't get me wrong, medical marijuana actually works for many people. Uh, There's ongoing research, and we need a lot more, Uh, so it does work. So we don't knock medical marijuana, but the only thing, if you make a a choice to use medical marijuana, that means you can't work in a safety-sensitive position. And would that be the same if I was on painkillers? Uh, yes. I would not be the, able to work in a safety-sensitive area. If the levels were uh, at, like, all, all the drug test levels are reviewed by a medical review officer who has specific training in this. Mm-hmm. And so if they're using a prescription drug that would interfere with that person's ability to work in a safety-sensitive position, then they can't work in that position. You know, someone asked me last week, they said, well, Ange, how do we know what the strain is going to be or how much THC is going to be in this? And that's another big question. But I thought, well, once it's legalized, just like at the liquor store, you know that you're either having a 3.5% bottle of beer or a 7% bottle of beer. Do you envision it the same way then when it's actually sold legitimately? 
No, not at all. Even if I can, uh, with medical marijuana, uh, the THC is the bad stuff that it gives you all the side effects you don't want. CBD is the right. uh, metabolite that gives you the good stuff. Mm-hmm. When you have high THC, you have low CBD. So medically speaking, you want a drug with low THC, and then you get high CBD. Mm-hmm. So that gives you the best uh, medical benefit. For the, re- the pain relief or whatever you're using yeah. it for, yeah. Right, but unfortunately, many people want the high THC. And uh, again, if a person is a heavy user, yeah, they will be positive on a drug test. They'd have to quit and be clean anywhere from 30 to 45 days before they'd be able to pass the test. Yeah. Ed, you know, and I know you're in the business of providing drug tests because I'm already getting texts from people who say you're off your rocker. So, uh, you know, they, they probably think that you you want this because this is part of your business. But would you agree there are still so many questions when it comes to exactly what the level should be, um, whether or not how we determine true impairment when it comes to drugs, whether it be marijuana or prescription drugs? Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're right on the money. What I can tell you is our focus isn't on testing as much as education. What we know without question is when we have a, a company where an employer with, through education and whatever else, including testing, if they can reduce the amount of uh, THC that their employees are exposed to, accidents go down. Mm. So it's, it's a correlation when uh, THC use or use of cannabis increases, accidents go up. And so, uh, thanks for starting the conversation. I got lots of calls, lots of texts coming in. I better tackle those, but I appreciate you being part of it. Not, not a problem anytime, and good luck with this. <laughs> okay, thanks, Ed. Ed Sikoniak, President, ECS Safety Services. Actually, I should be saying it back to him. Good luck with it as well, because his... His business will depend on knowing what a a safe level is. And even when he's talking about standards, how did they come to these standards of the 50, was it nanograms? You know, this always happens. And, And I always, I used to look forward to these conversations because I found that I was getting lots of information from you, from our guests. And then sometimes I just think, wow, I'm even more confused. But let's take a break here because I've got a lot of texts and a lot of phone calls. If you can hang on the line, great. If you can't, uh, hang up and then call me back after the news. But I'm, I'm curious what you're seeing, especially at the workplace as we move towards legalizing. Are you seeing new policies when it comes to workplace safety? 403-974-8255. I'm Angela Kokot. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Calgary Today with Angela Kokot, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.